are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody is going to have a great Friday. I hope everybody is having a great Friday. And you're going to have a great Friday. You're going to have a great weekend. It should be a great weekend as uh, it's loaded with sports. Talking about NFL coming up and all that. Man, college football national championship on Monday is going to be great as well. But also, Arkansas basketball has a very, very important game coming up on Saturday in Bud Walton Arena against the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, the reason it's important, it's not going to call it a must-win. It's dumb. Maybe it should be called the really, really need to win. We'll call it that. We'll, we'll make that known. Uh, you don't want to lose three in a row to start conference play, at least early in conference play. I know they have the victory against Auburn, but you don't need to do it. And Georgia is a team that's that's not great. Uh, but they're not terrible either. They're kind of in the middle, and Arkansas is a better team, and they should showcase that and show it on Saturday. And we're going to talk more about that in this game, as well as getting to some other SEC football talk and some fun stuff like that as we go to the phone lines and welcome in Dane Young of UGASports.com. Uh, he does a great job of covering all things Georgia over there, as well as not only football, basketball, baseball, the whole works. So, Dane, really appreciate you joining us, man, this afternoon. How you doing? John, when you texted me, I was under the impression that we would be talking about Illinois fighting Illini football. What happened, man? <laughs> I, I know. We, we already covered that, I guess, uh, with our guy, uh, old Burt Bielema, deciding to get back into the coaching ranks. So, uh, yeah, as, as fun as that is, it, it would have been great. But also, you know, the connection we were talking about with football is that, you know, Sam Pittman being the, the uh, Arkansas co-head coach now and, of course, the former uh, Georgia offensive line coach, uh, over there in Athens. So it's just kind of fun to see that type of uh, transition going on with him as well. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, on a personal note, I'm going to have to call Logan Booker and tell him that I'm your Georgia guy today just so you can get that hateful text from him uh, <laughs> a little bit later on. I can't wait to hear that. I'm sure that it'll be a, a very nice one too. So, uh, uh, but, Dane, you know, talking about this Arkansas basketball game against Georgia tomorrow, though, like you heard me when I was talking about the Georgia program, and you cover Georgia. Obviously, it's football's king, the creme de la creme. Baseball's had a lot of success over there too. Uh, gymnastics, soft, like they've had some. They're a successful sports program, but why hasn't the basketball program, the men's basketball program, been able to find consistent success? Because I feel like it should be a school that has great basketball programs. We're great recruiting. There's plenty of it going on there, but why hasn't Georgia been able to find any sort of consistent success there? I think Georgia fans have been asking that question for my whole life and maybe beyond. Um, you know, I, I think some of it comes down to Georgia has not been able to tap into the Atlanta recruiting market as well as some other teams, even Kentucky that seems far away or the you know college football powerhouse or college basketball powerhouses of North Carolina and Duke. Um, I mean, there was a guy from an hour from Athens, uh, Ashton Higgins, that ended up at Kentucky for three seasons, um, and you know that's that's a guy that theoretically should have been playing beside Nick Claxton and potentially even last year with Anthony Edwards at Georgia. Uh, when Tom Crean got to Georgia, that was kind of the big selling point is that he would uh, kind of change the course of recruiting. And by getting Anthony Edwards, that was a big deal last season. The record uh, did not show that that was meaningful. Uh, Georgia was pretty horrible uh, on the basketball floor last year. But, you know, it's got to be good for recruiting going forward to say that you have the number one overall pick in Anthony Edwards with the Timberwolves. Contavious Caldwell-Pope just won an NBA title with the Lakers, and Nick Claxton is uh, on the bench with the Nets. So there's three NBA players that contribute, uh, and in you know, one case, has a chance to be a rookie of the year. So who are the players that have picked it up since Anthony Edwards has moved on to the NBA? Because 
he was the all everything for Georgia last year. So who are those guys that have stepped up in his absence now? Yeah, I think the hope for Tom Crean and Georgia fans is that the team uh, continues to do maybe what LSU did after Ben Simmons left, which is kind of spread the love and play it a little bit more as a team. Uh, the two main guys I think you're going to be seeing in the game are Severe Wheeler, um, and he's kind of a smaller point guard, kind of makes crazy things happen, good passer. Uh, you know, he's had three double-digit assists already this season, which is uh, pretty rare for, for SEC players. Uh, and then Tumani Kamara has six double-doubles this year, uh, which ties him, uh, you know, for the league lead at this point. Um, and it's only two games into the league. So, you know, obviously there's, there, there's a small sample size of all of these stats, but uh, those are probably the two primary guys. The thing with Tom Green, though, he likes to have his point guard, and then he likes to play what he calls positionless basketball. But, you know, in his perfect world, he's going to have four guys that are six seven that can all rebound, you know, jump out of the gym and shoot threes. Uh, maybe that's every basketball coach at this point, but uh, that's what he's trying to do. Uh, and, you know, similar to Arkansas, the out-of-conference play was great. Or just started off 7-0, and uh, best start in 38 years. But two losses uh, as conference play got here, a 10-point loss to Mississippi State, and then a uh, overtime heartbreaker to uh, LSU the other night. So what's the feeling on Tom Crean? Because he's been around a long time, obviously known for his success at Marquette, goes to Indiana, has a one or two good years, but obviously fired there, and now he's at Georgia. What's the feeling as far as Georgia basketball fans towards Tom Crean and the job he's doing? Well, you won't find uh, probably a better marketer, I would say, for, for what Georgia's results say that it's worth. Uh, you know, if you if you see any pictures from his office or if you walk around there, he's very quick to tell you that he coached Dwayne Wade at Marquette. He's very quick to tell you that he coached Victor Oladipo and OG Ananobi and now Anthony Edwards. So he loves pumping the, you know, the names that he's played with uh, in the uh, that, that are currently in the NBA. And then obviously even with his media ties when he used to work with ESPN. So I think the marketing is there. The interest is in there. When fans were allowed in Stegman Coliseum, they were packing it out, and it was a great atmosphere. Uh, I think Arkansas saw that last year. Um, but, you know, the results have to come. And Georgia just this week uh, approved a new athletics director, uh, Greg McGarity, retired. And so his uh, assistant, Josh Brooks, took over. Um, and so that probably gives Tom Crane some extended life just because you don't typically see moves uh, made in that way, unless it's a really horrible football season somewhere. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's hopeful. You know, it's got to be, you know, this team's going to have to start winning more SEC games and trying to make uh, a run to get into the NCAA tournament. Uh, I don't see that happening this season, but, you know, it's got to happen in the next year or two, I would say. Looks like Tom Crean loves to uh, hit the JUCO ranks and get some players from there. So what can you tell us about Eastern Florida College? Because got a couple of players from Eastern Florida College. Looks like he has kind of a relationship going there. Uh, he's got ties all over the place. And, you know, and one of the things that I think helped get Anthony Edwards to Georgia was that Dwayne Wade could FaceTime him. Uh, and so that those kind of things help out. Um, yeah, the, the thing with the JUCO transfers, it, college basketball is so weird right now, right? Because you get guys that can come in mid-year and potentially contribute. Um, and so – you know, I've seen that at Auburn a little bit where you'll have a player that's kind of emerged out of nowhere. Um, you know, Georgia's going pretty deep into its bench right now, and so it's more of a depth play. I wouldn't say that Georgia's gotten any stars from the JUCO ranks, uh, you know, at this point. But when Anthony Edwards is kind of the standard, you're just not going to find, like, many of those. Um, you know, that's a high standard that Georgia hasn't been able to reach with hardly anyone else. So, 
Um, you know, it, it's all about roster management and depth. I think teams like Arkansas do a much better job at, that, at basketball than Georgia does. We'll continue our discussion with Dane Young of UGASports.com here in just a second. But folks, I mentioned the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. Ooh, national championship game. We got bets going on. I mean, come on. It's, what's better than that? Not only watching the games, but betting on the games. They're both great. But the thing is, is that if you're going to bet on them, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust here on this podcast. That is betonline.ag. If you sign up today for a free account, at betonline.ag, use promo code Locked On. You'll get 50% off your welcome bonus. With the NFL playoff games, there's so many different bets. you got the college football championship. Prop bets are really fun for that one. Who's going to score first? How many points are going to be scored? All that fun stuff. Folks, stop. Don't stunt sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Make some money on these games. You're going to watch them. You might as well enjoy them by making some money. And you don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. So where do you feel like Georgia stacks up with the rest of the conference? Because it's still uncertain. We know that Tennessee's a really good team, but even they lost to Bama. Missouri looked good, but, uh, you know, they have some flaws there as well. Kentucky's bad, and I know people are reveling in that. But as far as uh, where Georgia stacks up with the rest of the conference, how you see them shaking out? Uh, Georgia's going to be in the bottom tier of the conference for sure. That doesn't mean that it can't beat, you know, some of the, the higher teams. Uh, Tennessee would probably be a struggle, like you said. But, you know, pretty much I would say when you go from – two or three in the league all the way down to, to 11 or 12, almost anything can happen. I mean, it's a really deep league, which is something that has changed, I'd say, in the last five or seven years. Um, you know, I thought Auburn would be a little bit better than they've shown this year. Kentucky, like you said, obviously. Um, maybe even the same thing with Florida. Typically, uh, you know, that's one of the, the bugaboos for Georgia is that they'll have a good team that really can't get over beating Florida. And uh, that's, that doesn't go well with the fans around here. Um, you know, Georgia plays against LSU that it can compete with, with a lot of teams. And Georgia's going to score a ton of points. When Georgia plays Arkansas, I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game because Georgia likes to play quick. That means Georgia turns the ball over a lot, which is always not the greatest thing. And typically that comes down to, uh, you know, do you get to the free-throw line and knock down your free-throws, uh, and then do you hit your three-point shots. And Georgia's not a very good shooting team. Uh, so if Georgia beats Arkansas, it's just going to be because of uh, kind of out-efforting, uh, which, you know, that, that's going to be a tough uh, – yeah, tough road to hoe, I would say. So what does Georgia do best as a basketball team? You talked about some of the deficiencies there, but what do they do best? Yeah, I think it's playing fast. You know, I think it's trying to find opportunities with the fast break. Uh, they're better at passing this year than I think they were in any of Tom Green's previous seasons so far. Um, they did have 22 turnovers against LSU the other night, but they were still in that game and took it to overtime. Uh, so that tells you that they're finding uh, opportunities beyond that. Uh, they do have some, some cold shooting streak, but I'd say that not as many as they've had in previous years. That was one of the crazy things with Anthony Edwards last year is, uh, you know, you would see them have a half against uh, Michigan State where they would score 45, uh, and then you would see a half the, the next night or, or the next game that they'd score, you know, 14. And it just didn't make any sense. So I think we're seeing that regulate a little bit, um, where Georgia's consistently scoring, you know, in that 75 to 90 range, and and then before Tom Crean got to Georgia, uh, Bulldogs were scoring down in the 50s and the 60s. They were just a run-the-clock-out defensive type of team. And uh, when, when Georgia's passing well and not turning the ball over, it can be a really explosive scoring team. You know, we mentioned uh, about uh, football, and I did wanted to shift gears a little bit because I think it's always fascinating to talk SEC football. And in Georgia, 
Uh, Arkansas and them played each other the first game of the season. Georgia took care of business. But now looking back on the season and everything, Georgia didn't win the East. Uh, they had some games that they dropped. But just as far as where the program's at right now and, and Kirby Smart and, and the coaching staff and, and players and quarterbacks and all that stuff, like what's the current state of Georgia football? People still optimistic? Is next year going to be a big year? Are people concerned? What's it looking like right now? I would say there is more optimism around Georgia right now than there's been since the national championship loss to Alabama. And that's in part because of the last uh, two weeks, and that doesn't seem like it's a pivotal time of year. But a lot of players that could have gone pro have decided to come back. Uh, James Cook, running back, uh, Dalvin Cook's little brother, he's coming back next year. Uh, two offensive linemen have already said that they're coming back. And, and you know, Sam Pittman left a treasure trove of offensive linemen for Matt Luke to develop, uh, and Georgia's continued recruiting more. Uh, I would say that Georgia, that this is such a hyperbolic statement, Georgia's going to have the most offensive talent that it's had in the last, since Herschel Walker. And maybe that's just because Herschel Walker was that talented, because the rest of that team wasn't, you know, what Georgia's going to have. Um, offensively, Georgia should not be able to be stopped next year. And that's crazy to think because there's so many more explosive offenses uh, that we saw in college football this year. But JT Daniels uh, was lighting up the world the four games that he was uh, in there uh, after he came back from his knee injury. They're returning all four running backs. They're returning uh, two of the three tight ends with rumors that Eric Gilbert from LSU is on his way. Uh, we'll have to see if that comes to fruition. Not losing a single pivotal receiver. Um, it's just the most stability on offense that I can remember at Georgia in a long time, uh, especially assuming that means Todd Monk and the offensive coordinator returns and uh, doesn't you know, do anything like going back to the NFL, which I don't think that's going to happen, but that was one of the concerns I had had in previous months. How much did it, the 54-yard field goal to knock off a good Cincy team and, and that uh, Peach Bowl, how much did that change the outlook going into next season? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Sports are weird. Something like, you know, the, the difference in a yard like that, or two yards, can, can make the difference in feeling good for nine months and feeling crappy for nine months. Um, it was massive uh, just because, you know, on paper, a team with Georgia's talent shouldn't lose to a team like Cincinnati. And not to say that Cincinnati uh, is not talented, but if you look at recruiting rankings, Georgia's up there with the Alabamas and Ohio State national championship teams. Uh, and so, you know, on paper, it shouldn't be you know, a concern with that. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a big ego boost. It was a big uh, boost for Kirby Smart. I, I think it was a big boost just for the team to have, celebrate and have those wins together. Um, that field goal allowed uh, a team leader like Richard LeCount, who had been in a motorcycle accident and missed the second half of the season, to hop on the field for one last play and kind of have that ride to the sunset moment. Uh, those things mean a lot in college football. Uh, and so, you know, I think one of the reasons that you're seeing the team uh, have a lot of players returning that could have gone pro uh, you know, it's a combination that they got their NFL information back and it probably wasn't what they wanted. But they also just had a whole lot of fun celebrating, uh, you know, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. And so that's always helpful to build into next season. Uh, and they're going to need to deal fast because the first game on the schedule, assuming out-of-conference games can happen, is uh, versus Clemson and Charlotte to start the season. We'll continue our discussion with Dane Young of UGA Sports here in just a second. But first, I'm telling you about rockauto.com, folks. I got something wrong with my truck earlier this week, and it just wasn't running right. The, the gas mileage was down, and I did some research and took it to a buddy of mine to figure out, and uh, he told me what was wrong. And I was like, all right. So I went over to uh, the dealership, and I said, hey, this is what's wrong with it. Can you guys fix it? And he gave me a quote, and I looked at him like, this is insanity. Like the amount of, that it costs for parts it wasn't the labor, it was the parts. Labor is always expensive, but my goodness, I was like, what in the world? So I went to rockauto.com and I checked out the exact same parts for my Ford F 150, and I was saving nearly half the price. 
half the price of what the dealership was going to charge me. That's outrageous. So, folks, stop going to these big box scores or dealerships or anything for your parts. Go to rockauto.com. It's a family business. It's been serving auto part customers for online for 20 years. And if you go to rockauto.com and be sure, and if you do that, be sure to tell in the uh, box that says, how did you hear about us? Write locked on so they know that I sent you. Just locked on. Simple as that. It's worth it, folks. Stop overpaying for this stuff. There's no reason for it. Whether you're do-it-yourself or a professional, stop overpaying. Check it out at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. So I got to ask because Georgia obviously didn't win the East and Florida and Dan Mullen did and people are feeling good about what they did and Kyle Trask and all that. Georgia's kind of been the the main team there in that division, but is there any concern from Georgia fans about Florida or they just feel like this was just a, a fluky season where Florida was able to take care of it, but Georgia will get back to dominance next year? I mean, when you look at recruiting rankings, there's not concern, but the fact is Georgia did lose to Florida. And Georgia got outcoached by Dan Mullen and Todd Grantham. So, yeah, that is an issue. That that feels like one that's going to sting until, uh, you know, the winning streak begins again. But as a whole, uh, Kirby Smart has such a great record against Dan Mullen, and that's if you're going back to the Alabama and Mississippi State days as well, which I know that's a talent gap too. But uh, when you look at talent gap in the SEC, uh, I mean, it's, it's Alabama and Georgia and then everyone else in terms of the talent from recruiting. Um, so maybe that's saying that Georgia hasn't used that talent the best it can or that Florida, you know, did things better. I, I think Florida just had a ton of great skill guys and now it Georgia in that, in that game. Uh, if that game's played 10 times, Georgia probably wins six or seven if you face it on talent uh, and, and performance. But, you know, as, as a whole, I think it's one of those things that you're like, yeah, Georgia probably shouldn't have lost to Florida this year. Um, but, you know, in the future, you're looking at it and you say, I, I don't know how Florida rebounds with some of their losses on offense and Georgia returning, returning virtually the entire offense. Um, you know, you can't make predictions a year out, but I, would, I promise you that's a circle game for Georgia every year, but especially after a loss. Is it a concern for the fan base every year, or is this just one of those years where they say, oh, they got us, but we're going to be better than them more often than not? Yeah, I think that's pretty much the, the case. You know, if you go back into the, the history of the game since Kirby Smart's arrived, Georgia dominated the rivalry, which is something that uh, Mark Rick could not always say. Uh, and that's even when you're looking at the Ron Zooks or the Jim McElwain uh, of the world. Um, Kirby Smart has uh, just done a good job in that game in particular. Uh, he talks about how it means a lot to him. If anything, you know, the the big debate in the fan base is that that game should be played in Jacksonville at all. Uh, that's probably the, one of the biggest divides that Georgia fans have is half really love going there and having that spectacle and half want that game to be on campus. All right, last one before I let you get out of here. Really shifting gears, but I know that there's a lot of Falcons fans there in that state and in that area. And uh, it was kind of a tough year for the Falcons, but coaching changes. We know that Matt Ryan's getting up there in years, but uh, what's the future hold for the Atlanta Falcons going forward at the quarterback and head coach and all that situations going on. Even the receiver, Julio yeah, Jones. that's right, him too. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they have to get a, a general manager and a head coach, so that's going to be the, the first hurdle to, to get through. I'll tell you, Falcons fans, they see all these rumors about Deshaun Watson requesting a trade or, or being on the verge of requesting a trade, and they're just clamoring, bring him home, find a way to get him back to Georgia where he grew up. He grew up in Gainesville, Georgia, just about an hour from Atlanta. Uh, from a salary cap situation, I don't see any way in the world the Falcons could pull that off. 
Um, you know, and even, even just from a, a you know, perspective of is Matt Ryan worth to keep on the roster at this point? Is Julio Jones worth keeping on the roster? I don't particularly think so, and uh, I would be lying. I'm not a Falcons fan or anything. So, if anything, gosh, this is probably not smart for me to, to reveal on your airways in case some of my Georgia people are listening. <laughs> I'm a bit more of a Saints fan because of the family that I married into. Mm. So that may be heresy for a lot of people that read my stuff. Uh, but, you know, from a Falcons standpoint, yeah, it, it, they're a long way from being where they need to be. I think a rebuild needs to happen first, but you have to hit at that quarterback position, and that may start with this NFL draft, seeing uh, if maybe Justin Fields falls a little bit. I don't see that happening and being the case, um, but they have to <laughs> hurry up and get a head coach and a GM in there to determine how to manage that roster. Well, Dane, we really appreciate you hopping on with us today, man. Great insight, great stuff. Have a great weekend and enjoy the game, man. We'll be catching up with you later down the road, all right? Anytime. Thanks, guys. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. Also, get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 